M. Rossiano. The conspiracy theories are off their tits. And you know I love conspiracy theory. I mean, fact. And Michael Lucas. My body did less great things, but it still did the job. <laughs> this is M. Salation. So the algorithms really know me. I feel so seen. I got an Apple News alert about the syphilis outbreak. They really get me. You're in M. Salation. Well, hello there. Welcome to M. Salation. My name is M. Rossiano. And I will be your spiritual guide. Why do I struggle with that word? Spiritual guide. Spiritual. Spiritual. God. Spiritual. Spiritual. Spiritual guide over the next. Say it. Say it lots of times now. Say it. Go on. You say it. Do it. Say it out loud right now. I'm waiting. Did you do it? Spiritual. It's just, it's a lot. I'm your host. (laughs) And who am I? I'm a stand-up comedian, believe it or not. I'm a writer, I'm a singer, I'm a maximalist power queen, I'm a mother to three, wife to one, and um, shortly I'm going to be joined by my best friend since I was 11, beloved Australian screenwriter, Mr Michael Lucas, 10-time Actor Award nominee for his show The Newsreader, Michael Lucas. Guys, 10, 10, can you leave it? I'll get to the, I'm skipping ahead. Sorry, if you're new here, I know we have a lot of new people. We'll talk about you too. And together we bring you this podcast every Thursday, this wonderful podcast that was born out of a lockdown and here we are 18 months later going strong, a Spotify exclusive and who'd have thought? Who'd have thought we would get so much success from just talking shit? What do we talk about? We talk about politics, pop culture, princesses, penises, presidents, premiers. There's a lot of that, all of those in this week's episode. I did mention a lot of you are new here. Well, thousands, in fact. Last week, I realised I balk a bit at talking about the podcast on my main Facebook page, which has a quarter of a million followers more, 276,000 people follow my main Facebook page. And I don't mention the podcast out there much. Predominantly, I talk about the podcast within the Facebook Emsolation group page. Hello to everybody there. What a wonderful community you are. And uh, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there because there are two types of people in this world, podcast people and non-podcast people. There's no in-between. You don't just dip in and out. You either love them or you just have no idea what they are and they bore you to tears. And I'm sure a lot of you, you know, when I say to you, please recommend us to other people and you'll say to a friend who doesn't listen to podcasts, oh, my God, I listened to a great podcast. You should give it a try. And they look at you like you've said, I want you to invest in my pyramid scheme. I've bought a Thermomix. Please listen to why it's going to make your life better in 10 easy steps. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like when Tupperware or Avon, the lingerie parties, essential oils. It's up there with that. If you don't get it, you don't get it. And it feels exhausting and overwhelming. And I'm starting to understand that a bit better because I assume because I'm so into podcasting, everyone else is because oftentimes my head is up my ass. So um, I thought I'll just demystified a bit and I did a little Facebook post just explaining who we are and talked about you guys and the wonderful community and it's free and Spotify really believed in us and it's so great and independent and all that stuff and it worked. As a result, we got thousands and thousands of new listeners, new followers on our Spotify profile and by the way, that is how we get successful. That's how we move up the charts and that's how Spotify know we're good by the amount of followers we have. So it's downloads and followers. So make sure you are following us in that Spotify app. You'll see it, little button, follow. It does nothing, like it won't change your life, but it does change mine. So welcome to everybody. If you're new here, um, you're going to enjoy it. Today is very, look, it's, it's more 
politically heavy than usual, just because obviously we had the wrapping up of the 11-day ICAC hearings with Gladys. Gladys finally took the stand and we were now, we were, we were blessed with the term that will forever be burnt into our souls, love circle. That's why this episode is called Love Circle. Gladys talked about who was in her love circle and who was not. We also discussed the fact that the French president, Emmanuel Macron, has called ScoMo a liar, liar, pants on fire, hanging on the kitchen wire, and that is really getting pretty bad. Like even now at time of recording, a French diplomat has spoken at the National Press Club basically saying it was conniving, backstabbing behaviour. So I think this is going to keep going. This is turning into a real dick-swinging competition. They're just slapping each other in the face and it's kind of boring, kind of entertaining. It's entertaining because I'm obsessed with Emmanuel Macron. I love him. I love him. And we also discuss this amazing nomination situation. Michael Lucas made a show called called The Newsreader. A lot of you watched it. All of you watched it from what I can gather. And it's just been given a lazy 10 nominations at the Australian Oscars slash Emmys. It's huge. And he sent me a message asking if he could wear his wedding suit to that award ceremony. And look, I'll let you wait to hear what my response to that was because there is an in-depth conversation around how offensive that notion is to me. And it just reflects badly on all of us. You, the Emsolatus, the production team, anyone associated with him if he turns up in his wedding suit. Can you believe it? Of course you can. You better glitter the fuck out of it and make it something special. But anyway, I've gotten too long without asking you, how are you? How are you? Are you good? Are you well? Can I, well, not that I don't ever, I mean, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm exhausted. I'm so exhausted. I'm hitting burnout. I'm hitting that. And it always happens in November. It always happens around now where I realise I just don't have much left in the tank for 2021. And the reason I realised was because I was at my father-in-law's 80th, the great Grazer, Scott's dad. We love Grazer. Grazer is probably my favourite family member from Scott's side. He's blunt. He's brutal. He's hilarious. You understand why we get along. He's always loved and accepted my brunt, brutal hilarity. And we're at his 80th. And his sister Ginny said to me, oh, it's great. We'll be, able to, we'll be seeing you at your place for Christmas in a few weeks. And you, you, we'll, we'll all be able to be there, 30 of us. And I... I looked at her and I said, my brain glitched. I said, what? I was sorry, what? What did what? you say? She said, yeah, it's your turn for Christmas. I'm like, fuck, fuck. I did the calculations. Like, She's fucking right, fuck. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. It's my turn for Christmas, guys. It's never good when it falls on you, is it? Shit, it's great when you turn up to other people's houses. It's great, isn't it? Can I bring anything? <laughs> you know, like I mean, no one ever asks you to. But you always offer. No, no, just bring yourself. Great. So glad. No one ever calls my bluff on that, not yet. And um, it's my turn. And I saw Marcella, like I saw the light drain from her eyes because she knew, she knew what was happening in my head. Essentially think of when Dorothy throws water on the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> My brain was melting into itself, just collapsing into a congealed mess. And I was like, smile, cool, 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 cool. And my sister-in-law, the lovely Lucy, saw the panic and took me aside into the spare bedroom and said, Emmy, you don't have to, it's been a big, you don't, I'll do it, I'll do it. I'm like, I looked at her like, you know, if you've ever been to war and it's your turn to like go do the patrol and 
another dude says, I'll do it, you rest. This is how I felt. So my wonderful sister-in-law, Lucy, I'm going to go down there and assist her and pay and she's just going to do the hard work. (laughs) I'm the worst person. But then I realised I don't have the energy for Christmas. I don't have the energy to think about the presents and buying the presents and wrapping the presents and the tree. I I don't even know if the Rossiano Barrow Christmas windows will get up this year because I don't know about you but I am spent. This, I know we've just sat at home essentially but I'm tired, you guys, and I want to give you permission to be tired And if Christmas is half-assed this year, if you just use a tiny portion of one cheek, I give you permission. It's okay. And I think you should sit everyone down and lower their expectations. I'm sure as shit going to do that. I'm going to sit everyone down and be like, guys, Christmas is going to be, you know, a quarter of my cheek. It will not be a full moon Christmas. I'm so, so sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm tired. (laughs) Shit. Anyway, that's what happened for me over the weekend. The realisation that the Christmas spirit is dead in me. But, oh, it's Elio's first Christmas where he'll be fully across presents and, oh, oh, hang on a minute. Wait a minute. There's a little flicker in my tummy. <gasps> Christmas might be back on. I just realised Elio's going to be like nearly three and remember how magical it is. We'll be able to do the lights and sing songs. <gasps> All right, watch this space. Could be back on. Do you see? I'm such a flip-flopper. Look at me. Flippity flopping hypocrite. And I reserve the right to be a hypocrite. I reserve the right to change my mind and be irrational. It's all right. You all know that. Oh, well, if you're new here, you got a real insight to how my brain works there. <laughs> That's all from me now. I hope you're all good. We're hanging strong into November. Things have lifted. You've all been out and about. There were so many people at Half Moon Bay in Melbourne the other day. My kids went down there and took photos and I th- feel like I could have caught COVID just looking at those photos. It really gave me a lot of anxiety. But then Fucking the door slamming loud gives me anxiety. So really, no surprise there. I'm going to throw to the music now. I've bored you enough or whatever it is that I do. If you are new here, welcome. You are so loved already. You're in a safe space. Go and join the Emsolation Facebook group. That's next level safe space. The conversations that go on in there, it's therapy. It's group therapy, really. And I'm so glad there's a space like that. I always wanted to make that kind of thing. I've been doing a lot of training. I'm back doing hardcore training with Joel Creasy's better half, Jack Stratton-Smith. I'm trying to convince him to do group Huffy Puffy so some of you guys can come along. Don't say guys. It's exclusionary. You pals. I'm really trying to be better with my language and not exclude anyone. There's enough of that going on, isn't there? All right, that's enough from me. Play the music. I feel like there's other things. Like I really value our time together right now before I bring Michael in and it gets all like proper and structured and I'm like oh I've got to tell the guy I've got to tell the guys and just, do you see I've got to tell the pals my pals that and that and I forget it. I've got to start writing down stuff I'm like oh the emsolators would love that and I forget what have I been watching <sighs> can't remember source guys oh succession obviously all right now I'm rambling play the music M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. I welcome in 10 time nominated 10 Accra. 10, how would I say that? Well, I'm not personally nominated. <laughs> yes, you are. Shut was. up. I welcome in 10 
Time Accra Award nominee. Yes, actor. Scott there. <laughs> anyway, oh, did we I say Accra? Ten. Okay, here we go. Lucky this isn't live, but I'm going to make Zeke leave this all in. <laughs> we welcome in ten time actor award nominee Michael Lucas. Thank you very much. Thank you. Incre- what an incredible introdu- introduction. So humbling to be here. Oh my god, mate. Could we have dr- as we were out having day drinks for your birthday on Saturday, and we were speculating could could perhaps there be one or two and would both you and adrian your husband get nominated and we hoped and dreamed and then sunday morning i get a bleary-eyed text from you (laughs) i mean talk us through the motions talk us through sunday morning finding out come on well the weird thing was i thought i knew that i did know that they were going to announce the nominations on sunday but i just assumed i don't know midday i didn't know when to hope for so i just woke up and turned on my phone pretty early at like 8 a.m and then all of a sudden my phone was going because they'd already been announced at the crack of dawn and so i was getting texts from everyone so it was really great to not have any kind of suspense over it or anything like that oh do you turn your phone off when you sleep yeah but i don't have children i think that's probably the no, but I leave it on for you too, my parents. What if Joe, your mum, needed you? Would she just call me? Look, that's like, a really good. Uh, I don't have a good answer for that. And I'm suddenly <laughs> realising makes me seem like a terrible, callous person. No, no, no I have it on I'm airplane in, mode, okay. airport mode. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't help. No, I mean, I'm my baseline is assuming something terrible is going to happen. So it, it's very on brand for me to leave my phone on loud next to my ear. Mm. But. No, no, no. I think most people would probably do that, but I don't because I just don't want to miss anything. And as a result, you did miss 10 nominations for the newsreader. Oh, my God. So and then the better how- news, the better news was that yeah. I assumed it was going to be an online ceremony because everyone has it, but then that, but no, not online. Televised Mm-mm. live event, red carpet at the Opera House. Oh, my God. That is so much for my tiny little ADHD riddled brain to comprehend. <sighs> Opera House, first live ceremony in, I don't know, 25 years. There's a red carpet involved. You and your husband are both nominated. Now, you've got to tell everyone what Adrian was nominated for. Yeah, he made a short film called Dwarf Planet, which mm-hmm. and the actor awards give out um, awards for the best short, mm-hmm. and and it can be the best short film or the best short web series. And there's only five nominees, and he is one of them, which is <gasps> amazing, amazing. And he he was really pessimistic because my phone blew up, and I went, mm-hmm. oh, let's check the nominations. Let's check. I mean, you might have been nominated, and he's like, I oh, know I'm not nominated. Oh and then no! He, he got up, got out of bed, and I was like desperately like looking on the phone, and he was. He totally was, and I screamed it out in the house, going, you. It was amazing. It's never going to happen again. Such a relatable moment in a relationship, Uh, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love how pretentious it is. You both deserve it. It's so incredible. It's so exciting. So you text me like nonchalantly, oh, I've got an award ceremony to go to. Is it okay to wear my wedding suit? And I was Legitimate, like... Legitimate, sincere question. I did yeah. not... You couldn't even comprehend that I was talking about the actors. It was... It mm-hmm. so didn't compute to you. What did no, you think? No, I didn't of? know. <laughs> yeah, and I was like... Well, I just was like, oh, no. Well, first of all, I asked if it would fit you because... How rude. It has been a pandemic and you were at your... Mo- as we I all was. do... Yeah. Most felt for your day of days. And I supervised the purchasing of that suit... And so I'm like, nah, oh, in my mind, I was like, look, if he says it'll fit him, fine. But then I thought, 
I'm just going to check it's not the actors. Like he wouldn't be referring to basically his second wedding um, <laughs> where like all the people he's worked with, Anna Torv, everyone's going to be there, all the big names, all the big wigs. He wouldn't be recycling a suit they all saw him on in his wedding day. Is this for the actors? You're like, yep. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I dropped my phone. I literally dropped my phone and I just was like, why is he denying me my Olympics? Why is he denying me the, my purpose in our friendship? Why? I felt the air pressure around me change. <laughs> it was honestly, and it, I'm not kidding, it clattered over and started raining yep. almost at that exact moment. <laughs> well, that was a direct reflection of my soul. But my best friend who's been nominated for 10 actor awards for the show that he has sweated <laughs> over and managed to film during a pandemic and lockdowns and has been wanting and hoping and dreaming for for years and years, when he says to me, I'm going to recycle a suit, it's like, Jesus Christ, have I taught him nothing? I've taught him nothing. <laughs> so, no, you, you and I will be doing, like, oh, my God, we're going to be doing hair. We're going to be doing discussing, like, tinted moisturisers. Well, we're going I'm to be getting talking my about- first haircut actually in a couple of hours and it'll probably be my last one before the actors, so you better okay, no, tell no, me. no, 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 no. We need to, like, build to the haircut. Let, well, we I'm need to build to the look. My, I'm not. I'm not giving up my appointment. I haven't had it yet. Look at my hair. Okay, I need just, it. just get a trim. Don't go stupid. Don't go, like, okay. sometimes, like, it looks great now. I would keep the length through the top and just shorten the sides. Okay. But I just feel like... <laughs> In an, in an homage to the newsreader, we need the mullet back. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I, I just feel like that's the vibe. Like the way you looked as the DJ in that scene <laughs> where you were the oh, really? DJ. That's a hell of a commitment. <laughs> I have to say now my, my the excitement and intensity levels about the, the, the actual award ceremony itself is sitting at about a seven, but the excitement and intensity about the prospect of choosing the suit with you is easily tipping up to a ten. Oh, I can't like, wait. And we're not going to go boring. We're going to go hard. Like I'm thinking printed, a pa- like a printed suit that you'll never wear again. You'll get nowhere out of. That's This is what I'm going for. Oh, God. <laughs> Think every time RuPaul enters the workroom oh, vibes. Oh, my God. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. It's going to be a crushing disappointment for everyone we know. Anyway, anyway. You're definitely going to win. So what are the actors for those who aren't within the tiny inner circle? They they used to, when we were growing up, they were called the AFI, the Australian Film Institute Awards. Oh. But now they're called the Australian Academy of Cinema Television Arts. I think that's what right. they're called. Yeah, so, so basically everyone who makes anything that goes on a screen is up. Pretty much. There's a lot of categories. There's a lot of categories. <laughs> so all the, there's all sorts of things like best reality show and best mm. and all those you know, all those teams will be there. Mm. There are popular awards that you can vote on at news.com as well. So it's a Let's bit, it's kind of like, that's a bit of a new thing. And I think they're trying to sweep in because the Logies are out for the count. So the actors are going, let's claim some territory. So let's talk about this popular vote because we have a very strong community. They will always rally behind us and you are calling upon the Emsolation Army and we do not do that lightly. We it's like not. when the Wicked Witch calls for the monkeys to fly. Now fly! Fly! <laughs> She doesn't send the monkeys out for tiny little things. She sends them out for good. important things. <laughs> this is for good. So, well, I suppose if you watch Wicked, you know, you, we've, mm-hmm. done, we've had a reappraisal of the Wicked Witch. It's true. It's true. So what do we need? What do you need to call upon the Emsolation community to do? 
Well, there's like most popular sort of personality on TV and obviously all the people, you know, like Anna Torv and Sam Reed, everyone in that. But then also, yeah, you just can, you can pick your favourite drama. So, oh, you know, yeah. That's easy. Okay, we'll put 19 swipe up links on everyone's social medias. We'll get everyone involved. We are going to, well, I mean, who's your competition though? What's the other dramas you're well, up against? Well, Bedrooms is one of the, this is like for all shows that are on television as well. But, you know, uh, what's the other dramas? Oh, there's, I'm, it's really tough. I'm against Wentworth, the final season. Ooh. I'm against, Hang on, you were a part of writing that. And you were a part of writing Five Bedrooms. Are you up against yourself? No, in several Five categories? Bedrooms is not nominated in. The, do you mean what? What's newsreader up against in the in the in the sort of? Uh, oh yeah, the actor, for the actual awards. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's Wentworth final yeah. season. It's Jack Irish final season. It's Total Control. Deborah Melman, which is pre- oh, it's pretty great. Pretty good. Pretty it's pretty good. awesome. It's Wakefield, the ABC. Ooh, that was great. That was good. Mm, and it's gosh, this is getting problematic now because hang on, and then you hey, is that how many have I got Wentworth? Total Control, then, Jack Irish, reader, Wakefield and us. Yeah, okay, that's it. Wow, that is very strong. But your show's the best. <laughs> Not that you're in any way biased. How dare you? How dare you point out exactly what I am? All right, well, that's very exciting. And um, people will be able to follow along with our styling journey. I'm going to start putting together a Pinterest board. <laughs> it's a journey in fact, now. I will make it a public Pinterest board. So, Emsolators, look out for that. And you can all contribute to Michael's looks. I think this should be a, I think this should be a community dressing event. Excited beyond compare. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. Maybe we'll try and get you sponsored by someone. I don't know. I'll ask, oh I'll ask Joel Creasy where he gets his suits because he always looks really look, good. He's, I think yeah. he's sort of nominated because it's, he was in Mardi Gras, which has a nomination. Yeah, Mars Singer was nominated. I'm sort of nominated. So, you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Now, there's been a lot... Going on. Obviously, the last time we spoke to you all was um, we were on the cusp, the precipice of Gladys Berejiklian's appearance at the ICAC inquiries. And um, look, I have to say it didn't disappoint in terms of content, but it wasn't no. the big bombshelly occasion I think I was expecting. I think that we are perhaps a bit too used to watching courtroom drama because <laughs> I was looking for... And succession. Oh, We're yeah. going to go total fucking beast mode. I wanted that. <laughs> if no one started playing Nirvana's Rape Me to interrupt <laughs> proceedings, that's a real niche succession joke for everybody. I get it. But also, like, that has led us to believe that at a certain point in cross-examination, someone will break. There will yeah. be the you can't handle the truth moment. Mm, and, that's true. And, and I, we, we didn't I get gather it. that ICAC doesn't quite operate that way. And Gladys, no. although she, there were moments where she was terse and she was on the edge, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. still... She still maintained the Gladys, the Gladys yeah. sort of relatively composed, mm. straightforward seeming answers the whole time. She never broke. No, <laughs> she was. Although, I mean, we'll get to. She was kind of slapped down a couple of times she by was. my new by my new favourite person. Oh, she wasn't. <laughs> she <laughs> well, no, she's amazing. She's amazing. I can't. The ICAT commissioner is it Ruth? Ruth. I hope so. It's the perfect <sighs> I, name for her. I, I, Ruth McColl. The ICAT commissioner, Ruth McColl, was telling Gladys... Berejiklian, could oh, I ask sorry. you to just answer Mr. Morrison, Mr. Robertson's questions Certainly. and not make speeches? Oh, she takes no shit. I was like, oh, my God, hello, Ruth, you're my new power woman. Oh, I love you. Uh, so basically for those of you who are not up to it, you should be, after 11 days of testimony, then ICAC are now deciding if Gladys Berejiklian breached public trust by not disclosing her relationship with former MP Darren Maguire after she approved millions of dollars worth of grants for his uh, electorate. And... 
basically, this boils down to did Gladys give her boyfriend special treatment? Did Daryl get a leg up because he got a leg over? Should she we have declared know. that she was yes. in a relationship with Daryl and, and, then, and then furthermore, did she know that he was dodgy? There's, a, there's well, a few questions at play here. She insisted during the inquiries that she gave Daryl no special treatment, none. But as we all know, when your mum works in the school canteen, you get an extra Freddo frog in your brown paper bag if she is on lunch order duty. Mm. So I find it hard to believe her entire boyfriend didn't get like a little bit of a, you know, straighter line than other people might have. But she insisted, no, 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 this didn't happen. So people were feeling very uncomfortable about the intimate details of their relationship being... (laughs) It was excruciating. It was absolutely excruciating. However, I mean, Mm. she was saying that the relationship didn't rise to the level of something that she should disclose. So the proceedings then had to determine whether it did. So Mm. all those Mm. details, did he have a key to her place? Did she call him her family? All Mm. those sort of things were unfortunately relevant. Like it might have felt like it was this incredibly, and it was incredibly invasive, but it had to answer the question. Yeah, well, she made it. Like, she put that front and centre. She introduced us to the new, to my new favourite term, circle of love. Love, love circle, circle. Love circle. I, look, weirdly, I think it's quite a useful way to think about your life. Who is in your love circle? The love circle. I, I mistakenly wrote in your birthday card, you're in my love circle, but you're, you're more than that. You're family. But Gladys called Daryl family in a text message, which goes against the rules of the love circle. So where are we here? I'm going to need a definite unpacking of the exact meaning of the love circle and who qualifies. And are there outer rims of the love circle? Because i got a few people who are hanging on by their fingertips on the edges of my love circle. <laughs> if she gets off because she goes out on a limb and defines a whole new way of, like, <laughs> of thinking about a particular yep, a love human relationship, then that's a hell of a gamble that will have paid <laughs> off. I'm not sure that it will. But- I want to know... Who on her legal team or which person came up with that phrase? Because it was it was premeditated, it was well thought out. Mm. Who did it? Who's like, okay, we need a way to describe him. Like we need a way to we need a way to like say, yes, you were like seeing each other naked, but you like he didn't know your pin you didn't know your pin. Mm. And someone in that meeting's gone, love circle! Who? <laughs> Who is the genius? Was it I her sister? Know. I'm going to say it was her sister. I, I, whoever it is, I feel like they grew up listening to the B-52s a lot or something like that. It's just... <laughs> and I really so, think now all of New South Wales should be compelled on the next census to put down their love circle. 100%. 100%. You have to declare your love circle now upon anything, upon doing anything. Who's in your love circle? And, and like, can you tell people, look, you're on the cusp of my love circle. If you just do this, this and this, you could actually get a spot in the Senate. So, I hope they change the official ICAC regulations. Like, if you <laughs> if you have dealings with someone, they have to. If it, is it a family, a friend, a relationship, or in your love circle? Just put it there. Just add it. You know what the podcast is called today, obviously, oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, in uh, let's enters the um, ICAC commission of Ruth McColl enters the arena, and I was unaware of Ruth until she. Gladys was doing the politician thing where she was giving very long-winded answers and trying to talk in circles and Ruth looked at her and said, can you focus on the questions and not making speeches? And I was like, oh, hello, hello, Mm. madam, who might you be? And so I started paying special attention to Ruth and Gladys said at one point she felt that she'd satisfied the requirements of a certain question and Ruth said, we'll determine when you've satisfied those requirements. Thank you. (laughs) I saw, I read Ruth as basically 
she's kind of like the alternate reality version of what happens when Quentin Bryce just gives no shits anymore and just thinks I'm saying what I think and I'm going to think that. what I say. <laughs> like doesn't want to smile and have the yeah. nice pearls on and just wants to cut to the fucking chase. That's Amazing. when you get Ruth. I, I, I stand Ruth. Mm. I want more of her involved in any time a politician has to deliver anything. I want Ruth like Judge Judy. I want Ruth to get a Judge Judy show. Judge Ruth. That would I'm be down amazing. for this. Oh, my God. I she know, very Judge You're not going to get the sassy catchphrases, but tell you nah. what, you're going you're nah. to get to the core of the matter. Yeah. But all of this aside, I mean, the fun stuff was obviously the Don Perite where basically oh. Daryl was bitching about trying to get $170 million for a hospital upgrade in his area. And Gladys is like... I just spoke to Dom and I said, just put the 140 in the budget. He goes, no worries. He just does what I ask him to. And she was referring to then-treasurer, who's now the Premier, mm. Dom Perrottet. Mm. <laughs> I, I know. And I think what most shocked people from these proceedings was a little glimpse at behind-the-scenes Gladys oh, how the sausage is made. <laughs> and the sausage is made by a woman who gives zero fucks about the toes she steps on. And they're usually old, straight, white guys who cower in her presence. This is what I got. But don't you think it also revealed the shit show behind the scenes as to how they kind of make money, how they how they decide who gets money? Oh, her, her yeah. government, it just seems a bit of a, you know, they have a five-minute chat somewhere, maybe out in front of the dunnies, I just need some cash for this area. Yeah, okay, fine. Like it's not quite the... Well, yeah, the only thing is she was arguing, like, so her defence for that was, well, as if I could have really got it in five minutes. I couldn't, because that's what she was saying in the recorded tape. I've now got you the 170 million in five minutes. You can at least get a few hundred thousand from Brad. Just keep texting him. But then she was saying, no, as if I could have done that. So was, and I know everyone says that Daryl was talking a big game, but is she arguing that she talks a big game too? Was she going, yeah, I'll get that for you, I'll get that for you, and then just not sending the text and going, yeah, I got it, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, it's all done. Like, I'm, I'm just confused as to who, it feels like there's just, there's a lot of dick swinging going on, but I don't know, I've lost all sense of what the reality who's is dick? of what anyone could get. <laughs> Whose dick is swinging where and what are they hitting and who's swinging it and who's holding it? <laughs> the, the other thing that kept kind of, and, and I think I read a great article that the, the main issue here that's been overshadowed by all the love circling is the pork barrelling. And again, oh. pork barrelling is a term I never thought I would know or understand and now I have an intimate knowledge of it and those basically pork barrelling is when public money is spent in certain areas to butter up the constituents so that that political party looks good toward the next election so it's public funds going to places that benefit politicians mm. and the argument there is what if these funds are going to places that just don't need it but they need votes but that specific area doesn't necessarily need those services mm. and there are other areas that do need services but Gladys just said that's just democracy <laughs> I know I love it that we've now hit the point that what was previously perceived as a heinous, unspeakable thing to be doing is now just, that, that's the defence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a bit of pork barrelling. Yeah, that's just, just how, that's, barreling. you know, so you just curry favour before an election. That's yeah. just what you do. Like, what do, mate? Oh, just give me love circle oh, pork barrelling. You know it's the unpleasant. tide is rising around you when you start to fall upon that. It's such a visceral term, pork barrelling, it does sound like a sex move. Uh, what I do is a final Napoleonic flourish, which is a circle of bay leaves all around the piled up pork. It, it sounds to me like someone is sort of saying, I want to be sort of basted in fat like a bit of pork. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I think of. I think of a very fat white man being covered <laughs> in, in, in animal fat for some sort of roasting procedure. So that they get really sticky and sort of thick with glaze. 
Wow. It is. You're right. It's visceral. It's a t- it's a shocking term to be used near a love circle. You know, it's mm. not good. Are we pork barreling the love circle? Are we pork barreling in the love circle? There's a love circle, the foreplay to the pork barreling. It's not good. It's not good anyway, slice it. it. But it was such a weird moment. I mean, it was the equivalent of like, I don't know, suddenly being found guilty of extreme fraud and, and treachery and then saying, oh, yeah, but I, I was just committing a couple of murders. So, so like, it's just what we do to get shit do. done, guys. Guys, everyone knows everyone accepts this. It's just what we do. Can we just move on? I don't, I, all right. It's just, I'm going to ask anyone, ask any politician. We should do it. <laughs> Whatever. And all of us are like, what? Hang on a minute. Are you, what? So you're saying you're using our money to curry political favour? Mm. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. So basically it, it, it's ended in her, I still am amazed at her composure. Oh. I just want to get on with my life. I thank you for your support. I know. But having said that, though, that I just want to get on with my life, that that there there was a note of I don't think she's that optimistic about what's happening here. I mean, <laughs> like she did start at the she began you know she still had a bit of the Princess Diana checking the flowers vibe when she came in on day one just thanking everyone and by the end I just want to move on with my life. Yeah, can like, we just end this? Can we just go? Can we just end this, please? Yeah, I think I don't know, but what I what she's done is she's just remained steadfast on her side of the story, never wavered. Never cracked, never looked stressed that no one believed her. She got, like, mm. a little bit annoyed, a bit pissy. Mm. But I still think she's like, well, I said what I said. It's the truth as I see it. I'm off. See you guys. Bye. Mm. See you later. <laughs> that's it. Like, I don't feel like, I don't know. And she's still hugely popular. Yeah. It's, I mean, I still think if she ran for election, she'd get elected. I really do. So we'll see. We'll see. December 20 is when the initial recommendations Oh, really? Oh, come out. Yeah. right before Christmas. Well, well, isn't it? What did you say? That's a pump and dump when they put something out when no one's. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call They're it? Taking out the trash. Garbage water. Oh, oh taking out the trash. Pump and dump. That's a breastfeeding term. <laughs> when okay. you have a drink I of was wine. Somewhere. I that was. I was saying something more pornographic. Were you than in the pork barreling? Barrel <laughs> first we first we barrel the pork, then we pump it and dump it. <laughs> so, no, but the, the actual findings and the results will be a second half of next year. But we'll get the gist by December 20. So there you go. All right, we're gonna, I'm going to have to go rinse off after the pork barrelling talk. We're going to come back and talk about uh, nuclear-powered submarines because that's oh, what we do we on this podcast. <laughs> M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is, 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 is M. Salation. All right. Now, Jesus, ScoMo's had a shit show of a week, hasn't he? Like, and that's even saying something. This is, yeah, ScoMo, ScoMo's at Glasgow at the Climate Conference, which we knew was going to be a, a shit show for him because he, he, was, he was all tepid promises and no action. That's what he was going with. So the, the signs were not good. But I think even by the most pessimistic standards, we didn't see coming what's happened. I've got broad shoulders. I can deal with that. Yeah, I just want to point out Australia are one of four countries not to sign a pledge to cut methane emissions by 30% uh, by 2030 from 2020 levels. <gasps> just one of four. And the methane, sign the methane cuts were one of the big breakthroughs mm-hmm. that's happened. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. We didn't sign it oh my God, at oh my God. the... Environment Summit. <laughs> anyway, um, oh. Emmanuel Macron, the French president, is really pissy with ScoMo. And if you, you would have all seen the headlines, right? And you probably haven't delved deep into it because it's fucking boring. But I'm going to give you the just, I'm just going to bring you up to speed in the only way I know how. 
really trivialise everything. So in 2016, we signed a deal with France that would see them provide us with about 12 submarines worth a lazy $90 billion. So that was a $90 billion contract going to France from us. And then ScoMo revealed uh, not so long ago that we were scrapping that deal. Instead, we're going to get eight subs from the US and the UK, known as the AUKUS deal, AUKUS. It's an awkward name, isn't it? It's it's really hard to say. Mm. So basically uh, in June at the G7 summit, Joe Biden and Boris Johnson and ScoMo did some little backroom meetings and agreed to the submarine deal. So ScoMo was just getting his ducks in a row before he was going to go tell Macron that the deal was off. But the problem is ScoMo then met with Macron after the secret dealings in G- at the G7 summit and they had a little meeting and he, he raised some concerns about how their submarines were diesel-powered and didn't really think they met Australia's needs anymore. And Macron was like, oh, mate, we'll fix it. Don't worry about it. It'll be cool, it'll be cool. ScoMo came out of that and gave a little presser and was like, oh, you know, look, we've got a few problems with the subs, but uh, Emmanuel has said that they will get onto it and um, we'll see if we can find a little resolution. All the while had already orchestrated the AUKUS deal with the other two bozos. So this is what Macron is pissy about. He's like, "We, we were told hours before you guys made it public that we were no longer making these submarines Mm. and it just shows a real lack of respect for us. You were being dodgy and you gave us no time to be able to recover or have any form of recourse. So, you know, what the fuck, ScoMo, you're a liar. And that's what you all would have seen. Mm. You think he lied to you? I don't think. I know. And he looks quite handsome and he was in a very good suit when he was saying it. It was just an absolute win. And then... And then, and then he was ushered away. But what a, and that is a really full on thing for one, for a leader of a, <laughs> a country is one of our biggest allies to mm-hmm. call the prime minister a liar is huge. It's mm. really, really huge. Yeah. Now in my extensive reading this morning, it was so boring and like I have ADHD, so fucking trying to concentrate on nuclear powered subs is like, oh, but from what I can gather, Scoma did nothing wrong. Sorry. What? Yeah. But hang on, what do you mean he did nothing wrong? Well, no, legally. No, no, Techni- no, no, of course. But te- it's the, but technically, it- he didn't do any favours for French Australia relations. Mm. He wasn't very political. And well, he wasn't a sense no, that no he made sure. No, he didn't do anything illegal or anything like that. No, but no, he no. Just, he, he, he could have manned up and told them the truth before it happened yeah. so that they didn't find out <clears throat> minutes before a big press conference. Yeah. And But when I looked into it, it's just the subs, are, it's a better deal the subs are nuclear powered, not diesel powered, and they're they're better. There's less, and it also strengthens relations with the US and the UK, which are more important allies than France to Australia. So I get it why he did it, but he did it in a really dodgy, yuck, kind of weak way. Which and is Joe what Biden f- called it a clumsy way. A clumsy way. Yeah, I love that. Even Joe's like piling on the shit pile on Scomo. Scomo would be like, "Mate, fucking help me out. We've got the AUKUS." What's going on with the orcs, orcus? <laughs> and it was shit. It was shit. And the fact that so then ScoMo leaked text messages. Oh, well, firstly, ScoMo tried to say, the th- this is one thing that got me. Yeah. Uh, he said, I'm not going to cop sledging at Australia. I'm not going to cop that on behalf of other Australians. To which 
all of Australia pretty much exclaimed all at once. They were, he was not, he was quite specifically not, in fact, he made, Emmanuel Macron made a real point of saying nothing against the Australian people. He was sledging you, mate. It was you. you. It was personal. Didn't he call it a slur? Didn't he use the word slur at some point? Oh, God, probably. So that was, that was awful. But then ScoMo is very, very prone to to doubling down and making things worse. Yes, then he takes Mm. the extraordinary step of leaking a private text message from Emmanuel Macron to him that was yeah. just just days before everything was announced. But... It was two days before the event, before it was announced, and Macron basically said, I can't believe I have all this knowledge in my head. I hope it goes immediately after this podcast. He said to him, I can't meet at the time we agreed at, I'm paraphrasing, I can't meet at the time we agreed at, but um, how are we looking with the sub deal? Can I expect good or bad news, basically? And ScoMo released this with hoping that we would all be like, ah, oh, Macron knew there was a chance it was going to fall through. But in fact, we've all gone, hang on, two days out and he still doesn't know it's has got off. no idea. And also ScoMo freely admit, and ScoMo was like, and then we tried to ring him. Unfortunately, we couldn't set up a time. What? <laughs> I think if someone had have actually said to Emmanuel, they were going to cancel the nuke deal, he probably would have found some time. Probably would have oh sent, sent a little WhatsApp, little WhatsApp, submarine deals off. Oh, I'll just pick up the phone. If you are yeah. going to take that shot, if you are going to, like, release, mm. leak to the world a private text message from... From, from the <laughs> French president? You cannot miss. That mm-hmm. is, that's just got to be an absolute bullseye shot that will completely and conclusively change it. But it, 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 he's done that, and I would say it's made his position worse. He just Agreed. looks dodgier. He just looks Agreed. dodgier and weaker. But the fact of the matter is... The general public don't give a shit and he will get re-elected in May <gasps> next year. <gasps> em, look, this, you hurt me. Uh, you hurt look, me. I just want to, I just want to, everyone listening, we don't have a contender. ScoMo, the Labor Party have only had three occasions where opposition Labor leaders have beaten the sitting Liberal Premier, Prime Minister, mm. and that is Gough Whitlam, Bob Hawke and Kevin Rudd. And all those three men were arguably very charismatic, were very strong on their issues, were directional leaders, made noise. You know, th- they're three, three Labor leaders who will go down in history as, like, doing shit, right? Mm. <clears throat> that's the only time since World War II that that's happened, three times since World War II. So Albanese, this was a home run for him this week. I want to see Albanese on the project, on Q&A, on the drum, anywhere pointing out ScoMo's fucked up again. But he's campaigning on a platform of just being nice and not fucking up and it seems to be his vibe is no controversy no matter what. And I don't think you can beat ScoMo being the political opponent equivalent of a warm face cloth. Like I just, (laughs) I like Albo. He's a nice guy but we don't need a nice guy. We need a Gough Whitlam, a Bob Hawke or a Kevin Rudd. Or a Jillian Taylor. Or a Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Or a Penny Wong. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? And she she's been having some up. sensational times. I'm ready for this. Estimates. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Plibersec will not contest Albanese because they have the same electorate. It would be too messy. It would be gross. And also remember, it is virtually impossible to remove him because of the new laws in place, because of all the shit that went down with Gillard and Rudd and you have to be allowed to serve a full term as opposition leader to prove what you can do. So he cannot be removed by anyone within Labor. Mm. It's, it can't happen. It's, they're not allowed to unless it was something really bad. So I just don't see how 
we can beat ScoMo in the oh, no. election. And oh, by the no. way, the election, it's up to him to call it, right? ScoMo, yes. He's, He's running out until, of time, though. Yeah, it's got until May. Yeah, it's pretty, that's pretty soon. My point exactly, why aren't we campaigning? This, we, th- there should be active campaigning happening from the Federal Labor Party. It should be loud. It should be this guy's fucked up the bushfires, the, the pandemic, the um, vaccination rollout, the international relations, the climate. There is five things just off the top of my head and I'm barely in touch with what's going on, not even. I just read a few articles this morning. And I can see platforms to take him down on. Why Why aren't I being harassed by phone calls and mail-outs and <laughs> rallies and why? What's oh. going on? Well, I guess they maybe there's a feeling as though he's digging his own grave or maybe they are putting that stuff out and the press just aren't picking up on it. I mean, I, uh, sometimes it can be difficult to make noise on that front, but, I mean, you're right. There are some people that naturally, there are some leaders that naturally sort of cut through and you can't take your eyes off them mm. and they know how to work these moments to their advantage. And, yeah, look, I, I think we can all agree that we're not getting blasts of energy from Albanese that just make you feel like he is the man of the future. (laughs) No. And again, you know, lovely guy, but I think he's kind of campaigning on that too much and leaning, and he doesn't want to be seen, you know, because he replaced Bill Shorten, who was known for being catty and aggressive and going after people. And so I think Elbow feels like he has to be the antidote to Shorten. Mm. And I feel like there's a middle ground between those two that's not being hit. And again, what do I know? Really? What do I know? Uh, and what I do know is Gomer has proven time and time again that he is inept. And honestly, the leadership fell in his hands. You know, mm. like he didn't mm. want it really, did he? Oh, I'm pretty sure he did. Did he? Well, did he? he took it with glee. He's clinging on. I don't know. Mm. I love that Turnbull, by the way, Turnbull's come out today and said, he is a liar. He's known to be a liar. He lied to me all the time. That is God. <laughs> I love how bitchy all of our former Prime Ministers are, except for Julia Gillard, who really rises above the fray at all times. Oh, it's brilliant. No, it's, yeah, it's Turnbull. I'm expecting Rudd to be like, yeah, liar, liar, pants on fire, nose is longer than a telephone wire. I'm expecting that at any time. It's it's a beautiful thing, the bitchiness of our former Prime Ministers, except Julia Gillard. Oh, it beautifully is. It's like like that era of Destiny's Child when they had those band members that wouldn't work out. (laughs) Do you remember that? Talking about me on the internet and all (laughs) <laughs> anyway, oh my god, there's been so much politics, so many, so many political opinions. But um, yeah, look, it was a hell of a week, and I don't feel we've seen the end of this submarine conversation. I think no, because every it. single step that he makes to try and squash it just inflames it. Mm. It's wild. Mm. But again, just take with you the fact that we have left the environment summit being one of four countries not to sign a pledge. Oh my god! And consider like the history. Like, yeah. Go back to, <laughs> God, good old, the greatest generation in World War II that were off fighting a war, trying to mm. save the Western world because not, I mean, they were so far away from it all, but it was seen as like the right thing to do for the world. And now here we are mm. sitting here with the most bountiful sunlight and wind and everything we need to be green, but no. No. No, no. Cole. Cole. No. Gina no. Reinhardt. Yeah. She's in Scarmo's love circle, isn't she? She'd be loving it. <laughs> Imagine the text messages they would have got from Gina. <laughs> Be amazing. All right. Well, that's a lot to digest. It's a lot to take in. Um, happy birthday as well. We didn't even touch on that for Tuesday. 43. I know. Halfway to 86. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's full on, isn't it? 
don't think about nah, it. Nah, 40s are good. They're great. They're great. Anyone worried about the 40s, don't be. It's so much better than your 30s and 20s. I know. It's amazing. I'm, it's really I'm pretty good. much the same age as Madonna when she made the music album, which I considered to be one of the peaks of her career. Zoom. Madonna. I consider that to be the point there was a downturn. She still has, she's still got confessions on a dance floor coming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, you know my favourite songs are. I know. Yeah, yeah. Like a prayer, pretty much. I'm so original. All right, I'll uh, chat to you soon. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is Insulation. Okay, that's all from us. I'm going to try and be professional because there was a lot of me just, my brain is like an untethered kite at the moment. And when I record the podcast, because it's my favorite thing that I do and I, and I want to do it the best of my ability and I want it to be amazing and entertaining at every second. I never want any of your minds to wander off like mine is right now. So I try and tether my brain kite to a rock. And Michael is the rock during the podcast, but in the intro and outro, my brain kite just flaps in the breeze, just flappity flap flap. And um, why was I telling you that? Oh, I just wanted this outro to be super professional. Well, I fucking ship sailed with the kite, didn't it? Thanks for listening. Don't forget, here we go. I'm going to engage radio mode. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, Emsolation Podcast. The social media captain, Marcella, is back after finishing her second year of an arts degree. A very expensive arts degree that she's essentially done online. Yay, COVID. Also, a newsletter gets sent out every Thursday full of lovely, delicious links. It's your guide. It's your cliff notes to the episode. You can sign up to that on, on our social media. I'll get to a little bit of link. Also, grab a T-shirt, be part of the crew. I know a lot of you see each other out and about, and I'm, I insist it's a rule. If you own an insulation T-shirt or hoodie and you see another person wearing it, you go up. What's a word you can say? To, okay, 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 okay. Go up to an insulate. If you see someone in a T-shirt, God, I hope they've listened to this episode. Maybe wait a few weeks. Go up and just say to them, John Peter Farnham. Okay? That's our, that's our code word. If you see someone with an insulation T-shirt on, go up to them and say, John Peter Farnham. Okay, 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 okay. That's great. That's great. So professional. <laughs> Have a wonderful week, gang. I will catch you, as always, next Thursday. Oh, and I will be interviewing Lisa Wilkinson next week. Oh, yes. Oh, fuck. I better be better be switched on for that one, guys. I've got to be switched on for the Wilco interview. Like, she's a proper journo. I'm, I'm about to start reading her book. I know it's spicy. Okay, I'm, I'm going to really have to have my professional pants on. None of this kite business, none of this brain kite shit. I'll be like, and what about this, Lisa? Tell me about this. And what about the time this happened? Like, I'm going to have notes. I'm going to stick to the script. You're going to be like, oh, my God, is that Yana Fent? That's what you're going to be like when you hear the interview. You'll be like, where's M gone and who is this professional person? Okay, have a wonderful weekend, Sliders. I'll catch you next Thursday. Bye. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn at Entente Music. With videos by Liam O'Brien. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Plus occasional technical wizardry wine and coffee from M's dad Vincent.
frequency, get more Msolation by following the Msolation podcast on Instagram, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can join other Msolators at the Msolation group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you love what we do, share this podcast with a friend and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. Thanks for taking time out to listen to this week's episode and we look forward to chatting with you again soon.